Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. So we will start off with the daily COVID numbers, as we always do here. There are 67 COVID-19 fatalities and 9,692 new cases over the past 24 hours, the Public Health Ministry reported on Friday morning. There were 9,077 cases in general population and 615 among prison inmates. Over the past 24 hours, 5,730 COVID-19 patients were diagnosed, recovered and were discharged from hospital. So as you can see, the numbers are now kind of stabilizing somewhere in the mid 9000s. Uh, but that will lead us into the next story, uh, which is in relation to tighter COVID restrictions coming very soon. Stricter COVID measures are coming, the government said on Friday, as the latest steps have not stopped the surge of infections. The results from five days of the current measures were discussed at the meeting and led to concern that there may be a need for stricter measures, said the assistant spokesperson for the CCSA. There might be a need to close down more businesses, and as many as we can, she added. She did not give a timescale for the new measures, but said it would be very soon. The government introduced a lockdown on Monday, which included a curfew, the lockdown of construction worker camps, shorter opening hours, the temporary closure of some shops inside shopping malls, the close down of salons, spas and traditional massage parlours and the setting up of checkpoints to discourage people from travelling between provinces within the Bangkok and metropolitan region. Apart from Bangkok, Nakhon Patam, Nantaburi, Patam Tanani, Samut Prakan and Samut Sakan, the curfew and checkpoints are also being applied in four other provinces in the south, including Naratiwat, Patani, Songkla and Yala, but other measures are not in effect there. Currently, the lockdown is being applied in 10 provinces and not the entire country. But after the results of the first five days of current measures have shown, the outbreak situation is still worrisome, said the spokesperson. The CCSA director has asked medical advisors to urgently come up with new measures, she said, referring to the Prime Minister who chairs the CCSA. The existing measures were set to be in place for two weeks from Monday. The state of emergency decree to prevent the spread of COVID, which has been in effect since March 26th of last year, has been extended for the 13th time and will be in effect until the end of September. The Bangkok and metropolitan region is still reporting more than 4,300 cases every day since the semi-lockdown began on July 12th. So not good news for Thailand right now with the imminent close down of even more businesses within these provinces. Now I wonder if there will be other things taken on board like maybe possibly shut down of inter-provincial travel throughout Thailand for two weeks. This could be a thing that may happen. Definitely there will be, I think, stricter measures to get into provinces, even more stricter than there is now. Today I came back from Panya going into Phuket. I had my uh, certificate of vaccination, which was fine, but I still got a grilling by the police. Uh, it seemed to be foreigners that were definitely being looked at more than Thai people, but I think it's more to do with their documents are not the same as Thai people's. But they did uh, ask a few questions. But once they saw I had my documents, my work permit was on me, they were happy to let me through. And, and uh, I, I definitely uh, conformed to all the requirements to enter. But nevertheless, I think this is a worrisome time for Thailand at the moment, because whatever the government seemed to be doing isn't working. 
And whether it's because it's just too late, the Delta variant has taken over and it's just spreading too fast, it's hard to know. Personally, I, I think they just acted too late and they've let it get out of control. They thought that they probably could vaccinate their way out of it. But now, as we found out that AstraZeneca have basically halved their projections for this year for Thailand and asked to have it extended till May of next year. So that's going to be a big, big blow for Thailand. I'm not sure where they're going to get vaccines now to continue this uh, vaccination program that they have set out. The continued buying and purchasing of Sinovac has been problematic. People just don't want it here anymore. And that's the bottom line. Most people do not want Sinovac anymore. And it does give you coverage from Delta. I mean, you're not going to get a sick, but the problem is, is that people just don't believe in it anymore. And they're tired of listening to it's great, it's great. Oh, but actually now we're going to just give you one shot of it and give you AstraZeneca to really boost it. Yeah, people are tired of hearing that. And I, and I think Thai people, foreigners, uh, nobody wants to get it. I've seen people who have been, would have been able to get Sinovac today saying, no, it's okay. I'll wait for something else. I'm not taking that. So that's where Thailand is at the moment. Let's hope, fingers crossed, things do get better. I think personally, it's going to get a lot worse before it does start to get better. Now, up next is a blow for Thailand in relation to uh, travel for people from Thailand to other parts of the European Union. The European Union member states yesterday, July 15, agreed to add Ukraine to a list of countries from which travelers can enter the European Union during the coronavirus pandemic, while Thailand and Rwanda were removed. Brussels classification does not prevent member states from imposing requirements like testing or quarantine on incoming travellers from countries on the list. The EU originally closed its external borders to non-essential travel in March 2020, but has since set up their regularly updated green list of countries and territories that can enter from, including the unvaccinated. Vaccinated travellers are allowed in from any non-EU country. For now, the list includes Albania, Armenia, Australia, Azerbaijan, Bosnia-Herzegovina, Brunei, Canada, Israel, Japan, Jordan, Kosovo, Lebanon, Montenegro, New Zealand, Qatar, Moldova, North Macedonia, Saudi Arabia, Serbia, Singapore, Taiwan, South Korea and the United States. China is also on the list on condition that it opens up to travelers from the EU. Decisions on inclusion or removal from the list are based on the pandemic situation, vaccination progress and how intensive testing and the EU's judgment on how reliable a country's data is. Countries can be added if they record fewer than 75 COVID-19 cases per 100,000 people in the preceding 14 days. In Ukraine, that figure stood at slightly over 18 on July 4, according to the European Centre for Disease Prevention and Control, compared to 97.3 in Thailand and 90.9 in Rwanda. Now, it is a little bit of a blow to Thailand. However, it will really only affect unvaccinated travellers. Vaccinated travellers can, can enter the EU unhindered at the moment from any country, regardless of well, what list they are on. However, people who are heading back to Europe, maybe wanting to get vaccinated or just want to return home but haven't been vaccinated in Thailand, more than likely now are going to be facing quarantine, guaranteed quarantine when they get back to their home European country. It's worth bearing in mind that. Also, from the point of view of people traveling to Thailand from these EU countries, I wonder what effect it will have on travel. Would this affect your um, health insurance, your travel insurance? Would this, uh, how will this affect? And I wonder if anybody out there can tell me uh, what effect this will have on people traveling to, to these countries that are not on the list. I'd love to know your opinion. What do you think about all this? So drop me down a comment in the section below. And now uh, some Phuket news. Phuket officials, tourism leaders talk up the sandbox success. 
Phuket officials and local tourism leaders have announced that the current rate of arrivals and bookings under the Phuket Sandbox scheme is on track to achieve the expected goal of the tourism reopening. The announcement came at a special press conference held at the office of the Phuket City Development yesterday, July 15th. Since the opening of Phuket Sandbox on July 1, a total of 5,473 tourists have come to the island and we expect to reach up to 18,900 within this month. Before this, the TAT expected to have only about 13,000 arrivals in the first month, said the TAT Phuket chief, Miss Nantasari. So the performance and the numbers of tourists are following our prediction, she said. Ms. Nantasiri noted that the first month of the Phuket Sandbox will generate about 190 million baht for the Phuket economy. We estimate that the average expenditure to be about 40,000 baht per day per person, she said. Additionally, we have received bookings for SHA plus hotels for 190,000 room nights for the three months from July to September. Mr. Pracha, as the DEPA chief of for Southern Thailand, explained that his office was developing an English language version of the Morchana app that will function throughout the three provinces of Phuket, Panya and Krabi. The special English language version of the app is hoped to launch in time to welcome vaccinated tourists on August 1st, which Mr. Pracha said. I don't know if you can believe half of what they say. I mean, if you've gone to enough trouble to set up this Phuket sandbox model, I think you'd probably talk up the numbers and hope that nobody would research what you predicted. But we will not forget that they did claim for July, August and September, they would budgeting for about 129,000 uh, travelers to come to Phuket during this time. So let's not forget those figures. So, so far they have 5,473. I think they'll probably, you know, fudge the numbers a bit to make it look a little bit better, but not near anything of what they're going to. Also, this 40,000 baht per person per day, I, I, I presume they're including the hotel, all the COVID tests that they have to take, etc. because... I mean, nobody's spending that kind of money on a holiday. You know, a couple aren't spending 80,000 baht unless it includes your hotel, etc. And even at that, it actually seems rather expensive. I mean, actually, that sounds like complete nonsense, to be honest. 40,000 baht per day per person. So a husband and wife in Phuket are spending 80,000 baht per day per person. Now, who thinks that is rubbish? I mean, that's nearly $3,000. Where do they make up the figures from? Quite funny. Did they, do, do they realize what they're talking? I mean, even if you included the hotel, you went for an average hotel at the moment to get a nice five-star hotel here for two or three thousand baht per night. I don't know where they're making up these figures, but you know, it's to make it all sound better. But we'll all remember that the only people making money from all of this are big hotel chains. Guest houses, all still closed. Your little shops around the place, all still closed. Uh, bars, apparently still closed. But um, there's good news in Rawai. The Rawai bars have been encouraged to reopen as restaurants in a move to reinvigorate local entertainment venues that have been left decimated by COVID-19 pandemic restrictions, Rawai Mayor has urged bar operators to reopen their venues as a restaurant. Bars, pubs and entertainment venues have felt the full brunt of the pandemic and the ensuing restrictions enforced by central and provincial government, leaving many either temporarily shuttered or completely out of business. The mayor revealed to the Phuket News, Thai language sister newspaper, that a meeting between him, the Muang district chief, and selected bar operators at the office of Rawai Municipality yesterday sought solution to help the business owners. The measures decided upon to help bar or pub operators is that they can open their venues to serve food like restaurants, the mayor said. However, there will be conditions. 
Social distancing will have to be respected, for example. Staff will not be permitted to sit with customers and no more than four people will be allowed at a table at any time. The tables must be adequately spaced apart and hand sanitizer gels must be made available throughout the venue. Additionally, all colored disco lights must be changed to normal lighting. I, I, I really love to know what that means. But anyway, uh, venue owners must enforce these measures and remind customers and staff to follow the control measures strictly at all times, he concluded. Now, I know for a fact there's a load of bars in Railway that are operating as bars only with no need to worry about restaurants. I've seen it on Facebook. I've seen a number of places that are currently open. Uh, so I'm not sure what they're talking about in this, but nevertheless, it, it, it seems to be the case that he's telling them to open as restaurants. Now, when the Phuket Sandbox was beginning July 1, the governor of Phuket was very uh, forceful in saying that bars are not to do this. So there seems to be a interesting conflict now going to arise, I think, between the governor of the province and the mayor of these local districts. At the end of the day, the governor is in charge. So if we do have bars masquerading as restaurants, but not really restaurants, you know, serving French fries and, and that's it, you know, it could be an issue. I've seen it in other parts of Europe where bars have done this. They've just basically started serving food so they can serve drinks. I mean, it works. But again, I just don't believe anybody's going to follow all these local measures, you know, social distancing inside the bar staff cannot sit with customers you're not allowed colored lights i mean i really honestly i have no idea what that's about but what do you think about it do you think it's a good idea do you think they're pushing the envelope do you think there'll be repercussions for bar owners if they go down this line love to hear your thoughts down in the comment section below and just a quick note about covid visa extensions are open for two more months Foreigners staying in Phuket on the 60-day COVID visa can now apply through to September to extend their stay in Thailand, the Phuket Immigration has confirmed. Now, now this is just not for Phuket. This is for basically all of Thailand. The so-called COVID visa was launched amid the pandemic last year, so foreigners stuck in Thailand can stay in the country until they choose to go home or more, more options to fly home become available. The visa initially launched to allow stays of 30 days now allows foreigners to stay for 60 days at a time but still forcing foreigners to renew their visa every two months at a cost of 1,900 baht. An announcement posted by the Phuket Immigration Office yesterday explained, short-term visa extensions for the reason of COVID-19 pandemic, an alien can submit an application until the 27th of September 2021. Each permission will be granted for a period not longer than exceeding 60 days. An officer at Phuket Immigration, who asked not to be named, but asked to be referred to as Inspector Joe, told the uh, Phuket News the infographic is just to announce that the COVID visa extension will open further to September 27th, as the previous announcement explained that the visa extension will be open until July. Asked whether Phuket Immigration has been informed how long the COVID visa extension would continue to be offered, Inspector Joe said, I think they will further extend allowing COVID visa extensions to stay for as long as the COVID-19 pandemic is still happening and has not been resolved. Vector Joe urged foreigners to not leave it until the last minute to renew their permits of stay under the COVID visa in order to avoid crowds and long queues at the immigration offices on the island. Now, that's actually very good advice from Inspector Joe. I don't know why they've given that name. But nevertheless, yes, I think a lot of people like to leave these things at the very last minute, which causes crazy queues. And, you know, just it's insane, especially during this, you know, third pandemic wave. So if you are one of those folks out there, head up early and get it done early. Peace of mind and you won't have to be standing in queues with people. Be frank and honest, I haven't been in a large group of people in more than a year and a half. 
And today I had to attend a uh, ceremony for this SHA plus. And I have to tell you, I felt awful, awfully uncomfortable being in such a large group of people. Now they had about 60 to, seven peop- 60 to 70 people in the group. But still, after being a year and a half of never seeing large groups or being in a place where there's a lot of people, it did, it did feel a little nerve wracking and certainly you felt a little unsafe. Now I will say the venue that I was at, I mean they did their best to have social distancing and all that other jazz, but you know, still it wasn't really social distancing. But nevertheless, that's just my experience of it. And finally, long stay visas, electric vehicles to help spur the economy. The Deputy Prime Minister Suppapong Pumachao planning to propose to Cabinet a plan to allow rich foreigners to enjoy long stay visas in Thailand. According to him, the Centre for Economic Situation Administration approved in principle on July 4th a scheme to offer long-stay visas to four groups of foreigners, rich global citizens, wealthy retirees, rich professionals working in Thailand and highly skilled professionals. These groups will be entitled to a visa of up to 10 years and have the ability to own land and property. Rich global citizens have no age restrictions, but this group is required to invest at least $500,000 in government bonds, property or foreign direct investment. They must also have at least $80,000 in income over the last two years and a million dollars in assets. Meanwhile, wealthy retirees are required to be 50 and over and have an annual income of $40,000 and invest $250,000 in government bonds or real estate. For professionals interested in working from Thailand, which includes individuals who work remotely or employees of large companies that are close to retirement, they must have $40,000 per year in income with an educational background of a master's degree or higher or rights in intellectual property and have five years of experience in research. Experts in digital services are required to work for SET listed companies or work for at least three years in private companies which has an income of more than $50 million a year. High skilled professionals with no age limits are required to work in target industries or academic experts in universities or state agencies. He went on to say the government remains committed to continuing to stimulate investment, particularly in digital and electrical vehicles. The government plans to restore the economy partly through its effort to make Thailand a regional production hub for electric vehicles, with measures to strengthen the EV industry to be announced earlier next year. The Electric Vehicle Hub initiative is part of a plan to invigorate the economy under a decarbonisation concept. Well, where to unpack this entire thing? So, the Thai government believe that there is hordes of rich global citizens, wealthy retirees, rich professionals and highly skilled professionals all itching at the bit to get to Thailand to part with their money. It's unbelievable at times, the stuff they think up of. I'd love to know who thought up of this. It would be very interesting to see who it did. Now, a lot of people thought that the the third one would be open to um, digital nomads, people who like to work remotely around the world, etc. But clearly from this, it's no way at all targeted at digital nomads. I think the the qualifications are they must have $40,000 per year in income with an educational background of a master's degree or higher or rights in intellectual property and have five years experience in research. This is not a digital nomad and I think this will be a great letdown for people who thought that Thailand might get with some other Southeast Asian programs where they're starting to open up for digital nomads knowing 
the money these people can bring in for spending in the local economy and such. But as usual, Thailand seemed to want to go for the big fish that doesn't exist and they'll more than likely be left with nothing except empty visas that have never been taken up or used. It's, it's greed at its finest here. Instead of trying to make something easier for different groups, offer it out to the, the big rich people. We want to get them. You know, this idea that the people can own land, you know, these rich people can own land. What about a married man who has a family and children in Thailand? What does he have to do to be able to own a bit of land, own his house? They really have no concept and they, and they really go out of their way to insult people that live here, that work here. I mean, yes, countries will always want to attract rich people, but this is this is the what I call the cuckoo land cloud dreaming that this government is in. They're, this is all nonsense. And as I said, the digital nomad idea, people thought this was going to be for digital nomads. But when I read out the qualifications, that, that's not a digital nomad in, in no uh, shape or form. Is that it? But I'd love to know what you think about this proposal. Do you think it's a good idea? Do you think Thailand will be reeling in those big whales from all around the world? Or do you think it'll be a complete farce and dud and it'll disappear and nobody will ever talk about it again? Love to hear those comments down the uh, bottom of the comment section. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. And don't forget to leave us a five-star rating. We are available on YouTube. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you tomorrow.